What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? And Team Chat Podcast is a video game podcast where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do that by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com, following us on Twitter, liking us on Facebook, and subscribing to our iTunes and YouTube channels. As we first announced last week, you can also now follow us on Instagram. So check us out over there at Team Chat Podcast. If you want to support the show... You can do that as well by going to patreon.com slash teamchatpockets, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and in return, we will give you a cool perk, like getting the episode early before its general Tuesday release, as well as some other fun perks, not just the one, like getting the audio, the video version also early. Access to our private Team Chat Podcast Discord server is also a cool perk that you can get on there as well. So check that out, patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, if it so strikes your fancy. If it so strikes. That's new. <laughs> Just throwing it in. That you know, seems to, like just, something to, Lord Jared would say. Spice it up a little bit, you know? <laughs> Variety. We had, had a conversation with this with Sam the other day. On the com- we were coming home, and I can't remember what, what prompted it, but I you know, threw out the old adage of Variety is the spice of life. Variety and it holds true in this instance as well. Indeed. And the same so. can be said of video games at large. Yes. Because uh, the more games you play, the more you realize a lot of them are really similar. Yeah, it's true. So you got to find branch out there. Find those new ones. That's and, right. And we're kind of taking a, a, little, a little branch. Alf here with uh, with our topic in far, as far are. as one you know it's one that uh, we're, we're gonna ju- we'll dub into that in a second we'll, we're gonna go over some news and all that first but still I feel like this is a topic that's uh, a little new adds, adds we, a little spice as far as I can tell we haven't done this exact episode before no we haven't we've done and ones it's one that, that are I feel similar like no one else has really done either yeah it's so a take big that, deal everybody it's a else big, big it's a deal. big deal all right so but before we jump into that topic. Let's hear some news in our moment with Mogan. So for starters, we'll start with one of the, as far as I know, still rumors that hasn't quite yet been confirmed, but you may have heard this last week. It is rumored that the next installment of the Tomb Raider series will be coming out this year, supposedly in September. So I think that's actually been pretty much, I mean, the the game is coming for sure. We do know that. But did they actually make the formal announcement? Uh, I mean, they showed like a teaser trailer. They said Shadow Shadow of the Tomb Raider is coming. Uh, believe the rumored date, and I can't remember now at this point if it's been actually like they've actually come. Uh, Square Enix and, and Crystal Dynamics have come out and said like, "Hey, it's actually going to be this date for sure." But people who dug around in the HTML, the web page, discovered that it said September 14th. Yeah. So, so as far as we know, September 14th is the date for the new Tomb Raider. But I want to say the full reveal is coming either E3 or maybe April. It's probably going to be E3. So I bet. yeah. Yeah. Um, my, the other thing that I'm interested to know, maybe this was or was not confirmed, is it looks like it's not going to do that one year Xbox exclusive thing. It's not because yes. I think that really bit him in the ass with Rise. Yeah. That. Yeah, suckers. That's what you get for trying to go Microsoft exclusive. Point point for PS4. <sighs> point for PS4. Point Here for PS4. All right. And then in other news, things that are actually confirmed. So as of this episode's airing, Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered will be out for PS4 and Xbox One. Attack on Titan 2 will be out for PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Ooh. Sea of Thieves. Ah, finally. One of the games that we that actually is an Xbox uh, an Xbox exclusive that has potential. Uh, coming, of course, for Xbox One and PC March 20th as well, mm-hmm. along with Titan Quest for PS4 and Xbox One. And coming just a little bit later this week, we have A Way Out. I believe that a few people are pretty excited about this one. So, brief side on this. How do you feel about that game? I don't know yet. I, that's I don't how, know. That's how I sit on it, too. Like, it looks... That's the one where you're like criminals, right? And You're, you're criminals, you're to... escaping the jail, but it's you have to play it with a friend. I mean... That... I mean, I know that really appeals to some people. That 
for me, honestly, kind of kills it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it could be really, really great. Like, maybe it could be like the uh, multiplayer from, what's that game that Zach really likes? Is it Splinter Cell? Yes. Yeah, maybe it could be kind of like that. When I initially heard about this game, I was like, okay, but so it might have potential. It might, but I just see so many issues with it because you either A, have to find a friend who you're going to sit down and play the whole thing with. Yeah. Or else you're going to be getting either somebody who's farther ahead of you. I mean, it, the whole thing, too, is it's supposed to be friends-based. Like, you're, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you could play it with a random if you wanted to, but, like, you know, you'll probably, I'm imagining, want to play it with a friend. So that's restricting it. I would want to play it with the same person the whole way through. I know yeah. that. And so, like, the, that to me is restrictive because, A, finding the time for your schedules to line up where you can – it's it's different than jumping on and playing a few rounds of Halo or Call of Duty or something like yeah. that, you know, or Overwatch. You, you know, like when we do that, we play for like an hour, something like, something like that. I don't know how long you're playing. I'm playing for hours. <sighs> That's normally how I, I mean, I jump on and everybody's like, oh, it's the last game. Last game for me, everybody. But, you That's because you're always late. <laughs> I know, I know. I jump we on start late. at 5.30 p.m. sharp. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, so then with this one though, so you're tied to that and then you have to play the whole game co-op, which to me, that is, that's uh, a turn off for me. Because I like I like enjoying my stories by myself. You know what I'm saying? I will say that I do appreciate, though, that they took that risk. I do, too. The fact that they did it at all, that they chose to make a game that was intentionally co-op only, kudos to them for that trying. Is a big, that is a big move. I mean, there are plenty of games that are multiplayer online strictly. I mean, Overwatch is a great example. Yep. So I feel like, who knows? Maybe this has awesome potential to be one of those games where you can play it co-op with randos and get a ton out of the experience. That's true, because it could be somebody's second, third, playthrough by the time you play with them or something like that but it, I don't know it's it's the thing it's it's like with Far Cry the Far Cry games have had the option to play the missions the game the base game co-op and that's going to be the case with Far Cry 5 too but still and even with Far Cry 5 you can still play the whole thing by yourself and see, I and, feel and like I the like people that, that, that prefer kind of that option, I mean, obviously, this is not going to be a game of choice for them. No. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Uh, anyways, that's coming out March 23rd for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Detective Pikachu, the really confusing game that we talked about in our Nintendo mm -hmm. Direct follow-up, uh, is launching for the 3DS on March 23rd as well, along with Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. Uh, the Nino Kuni series is really popular amongst uh, JRPG and Miyazaki fans, yep. if you're familiar with the Miyazaki movies. Uh, and that's coming for PS4 and PC. And then Pure Farming 2018. Woo! Everybody's most anticipated game Talk about that variety of 2018. Right PS4 and Xbox One and PC, March 23rd as well. There we go. Pure. I appreciate the name says it all. <laughs> yep. Good for what? the Pure, Pure Farming, Farming 2018. <laughs> no, no, nothing else. No just ifs, ands, or buts, or farm. Or about it, just Pure farming get ready y'all strap in <laughs> oh man so that's a all right well some, some big stuff finally some big it's stuff start, we're kind of getting out of that i feel like there was a slight lull like our beginning of the year like you know stuff like that so now we're starting to pick up because you know it's getting close to being yeah. about the, the within a month of the release of god of war a couple that's other right big things, so. and the nintendo labo is coming that's soon true. too same day yeah. actually oh you can play god of war one yeah you can me. play god of war i'll be making a robot out of cardboard <laughs> sucker <laughs> But yeah, so that's who's be, the real chump here, Jared? I don't know. Probably me. <laughs> but like God of War is so good. I'm so excited <laughs> for it. But uh, also, quick 
quick production note here, everybody. If it looks smoky in here, I tried burning incense before, for those of you watching the video, just to kind of like make it, you know, have a nice setting make for it us. Atmospheric, atmospheric, I guess. A little, a little calming with a good scent, you know, and uh, I walk in here like right before it's about to go and that, that fucker was going crazy and this whole room was like, has a smoky mist to it and as I look at like the lights and everything, it still looks kind of foggy Maybe in it'll here. just make us look like really mattified Ooh. though. Yeah, maybe this will be good maybe for us. Maybe this will be good and I just got to do like so run a guys, smoke screen So guys, if we're looking better than usual, tell us the incense. It's the incense. <laughs> tell us, one, so we can have that fun little ego boost. Two. You really don't want to provoke those responses of, no, you guys look as terrible as you always do. But then at least we're keeping the bar. That's right. Nice and solid. Nice and level. All right. Well, the topic of today's show, like I said, a little different for us. I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, another list episode, but we wanted to talk about. Mogan had the idea for this one that we, should, we wanted to talk about the little critters or creatures in games that you just kind of come across, or you you know they don't necessarily have to be enemies. A couple of mine, well, one of mine are well, actually, a couple of mine can be enemies, but they're also just out there in the world and all that stuff. And so you know, it's not. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing else really to it. I mean, kind of explain a little bit more why you want to do so this So that's one. exactly what I wanted to talk about is that, yeah, every game has enemies almost always, unless you're playing like a puzzler that doesn't have anything that you fight. But even then, every good game, I feel, has one of the key components of its world building being just creatures yeah. that are out and about in the world. They might be enemies. They might be, in some cases, NPCs. They might be things that you can interact with on a high level. They might might be things that you interact with rarely, if at all. Or just crafting fodder. Or just cra- yeah, them. or just crafting fodder. That's also something <laughs> that could be said. Uh, and so I thought I was like, you know what? There are tons of things in games, like creatures, that we never get to talk about because they're never of enough consequence per se yeah. that they make it into the big topics that we usually discuss. So I was like, you know what? We need to shine a spotlight on the noble creatures of video games that never get any love. And so and so she said this to me, and I'm like, that sounds good. I can't think of any. So like, and I was like, this, oh, we, I can think of so many. Which I knew was going to be like how this is going to be, because, you know, you pay attention to that kind of thing more. I'm just like, man, I got to go kill that pig over you there so, so I can so craft that. You are so hashtag basic. I am. No, I'm not going to try to defend myself in that. I definitely am. But so I, so we've actually had this one on the back burner for a couple weeks because I had to think of some. I had to do some intense soul searching and research and to pick out some of my critters. So... But you probably got something out of the experience, didn't you? I did. I remembered some things, some fun moments. That, so that's the real ulterior motive I had when I thought of this. I was like, how do I make Jarrett think about the game? Because, I mean, had? yeah, I, don't, I usually don't have to think when we do this. No, that's not. Just, that's obviously, the knowledge just sits. It just sits there. And it's just ready never to be goes spewed anywhere. out. You know? Well, the whole point of Team Chat Podcast is we're trying to... Shine a light, Shine a light on, on the, the more artistic creations of games. Very true. And I guess I want to start with one of the oldest ones that I can think of. Okay. That has been extremely impactful and iconic, both within its own series and slowly but surely spreading out to other series as well. The Noble Chocobo. Oh, from yeah, yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy. Know that one. Final yeah, Fantasy. you actually know that yeah. one, and that's you know that one because even if you've, I'm guessing you've never played a Final Fantasy game. I have not. I have in my possession because my buddy Michael let me borrow it. I do have Final Fantasy 15. Oh, 
okay. Oh, okay. So, so that's an interesting one. AKA the Final Fantasy where four bros go on a road trip. Yes. But it's but supposed to be awesome. To, and I see plenty of times because I watched him play it some where he got to ride plenty of chocobos. Exactly. So chocobos are one of the oldest fixtures in Final Fantasy. Uh, not actually from the first one, but Final Fantasy 2 was the initial game that started the whole chocobo craze. And chocobos have been in almost every single Final Fantasy game since Final Fantasy 2. The first time that I would have ever encountered a chocobo was, you've heard the story, how one of the demo games that came preloaded on my family's PC oh, from yeah, a yeah, thousand yeah, yeah. game from a thousand story. years ago was the Final Fantasy VII demo, and at the time I was too young to understand what a demo was, so I just thought it was the world's shortest game. <laughs> one game only, one level one only. One game, one level only, and as it turns out, there was more out there. <laughs> but so one of the things that was hilarious about that demo. And another thing that I really didn't understand about the game, because when you're just kind of launched into a Final Fantasy demo, you don't understand the game mechanics. You don't know who your characters are. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And if you're like me, you also didn't really understand how to use your various powers. Because Final Fantasy VII, even if you're only familiar with like Smash, for example, which features Cloud that has like his limit breaker, right. limit breaks were a big part of that whole game. And similar to that is uh, the summoning system. And eventually, if I could tool the system just right in just a few battles to actually be able to get a summon off, there was this really fat bird that I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was awesome. Mm. You could summon a creature called Fat Chocobo, and oh, yeah. he would literally just come out of the sky and like land on the enemies, and they would just die. <laughs> like this is the strangest I don't know what's happening oh, here but awesome. I, I love it because it wasn't like Ifrit or Shiva it wasn't right. one of like the cool big bads it was just a big fat derby chocobo that would fall out of the sky them. and squish your enemies and I was like okay oh, I guess so building off of that eventually um, I think probably the first Final Fantasy game that I really bothered to try to play seriously and understand was actually Final Fantasy 8 okay so very shortly after 7 came out, we actually never bought it uh, when it was new as far as the PlayStation 1 was concerned. But I believe we did buy Final Fantasy 8. And in playing that game, it had a little bit more of like the updated, more realistic graphical style than Final Fantasy 7 did, which featured on the overworld, you know, small, kind of almost sprite-like 3D characters, mm -hmm. very polygonal, like smooshed down in a lot of cases. Whereas Final Fantasy 7 had more, much more humanoid-looking people just running out and about in the world and it was like wow this is such revolutionary graphics new. if you went back and played it now you'd be like this game freaking sucked but at the time it was revolutionary and that also extended to the chocobos and mm. i was like oh, this is great i finally Best. understand i get that these awesome large ostrich birds are meant to be my forever friends and your friends they are so the noble chocobo nowadays they can be in like almost any game for whatever reason but typically Typically, you are racing them in order to get things, which is awesome. May or may not be animal abuse, uh, mm. remains to be seen. Uh, they can also just be ridden out and about in the overworld, usually with the added benefit of they... Um, either greatly reduce or in some games completely stop random battles. So you know how in most JRPGs, if you're just walking out and about in the overworld, a random battle can happen at any right, time. Right. And sometimes you just really don't want that to happen. So if you manage to catch a chocobo and like actually ride it around the map, 
A, you get to go so much faster. B, no random encounters. Ooh, that's it's nice. like, this is so nice. Now, if you're not actually able to tame that chocobo at the time, though, uh, then when you dismount it, it'll just run away. And you're like, no, my friend. But if you're able to uh, get a chocobo that you can either tame or train or feed greens, which is their favorite chocobo food, yeah. they will be your friend and they will be with you forever and ever. Nice. And a very popular chocobo, Boko the Chocobo, uh, has made it into the running. Do they all have like a slightly <laughs> they all have really name stupid names. Yes, Boko the Chocobo. Boko the Chocobo uh, has been one of the fan favorites to eventually make it into Final Fantasy esque fighter Dissidia. Okay. People were like, "What Boko fight?" <laughs> Which would be awesome. Or a lot of people want chocobos to eventually make it into Smash. Oh. And I don't think it's gonna happen. That don't, uh, but maybe if they if they allowed in another like if Cloud came back or even I've, I've you know some people are hoping that Noctis from Final Fantasy 15 oh, would even yeah. make it into the new but the see, new Smash game. But like maybe him. it's like a, a super like a Chocobo Stampede or something. Yeah, maybe it is. If, I, if he's even gonna be in the game, I feel like that would be so funny. Like to just put a Chocobo randomly into Final Fantasy as its own creature, like as its own super fighting creature. Because like Yoshi's in there. That's true. He's basically a horse dinosaur. Put the chocobo in let boko fight so that's the chocobo for the chocobo. you in a nutshell so this is great because that actually kind of can transition then from the chocobo to my first to one of the creatures i wanted to talk about because in a random bit of thing i don't i don't understand the the reasoning behind it but it happened there was a event a timed limited time event in assassin's creed origins where you could buy a chocobo as oh your God, mount that's fantastic and i for some reason Missed that event. Oh, and did not, Jared. Was not able to buy the Jared. Chocobo. Oh. I know. I really kind of, even though I never played it, I was like, and normally sometimes those time events can be kind of weird. Like, you know how Monster Hunter, well, I say this can be kind of weird, but then there's also the times I hear about that are coming to my head. I'm like, oh no, that's actually kind of awesome. Like, where you could be Aloy in Monster Hunter World uh, or something like that, where it's like these time things, and then your Palico in Monster Hunter World could have the armor set that looked like a Watcher from oh, Horizon Zero Dawn. That's pretty cool. Which we talked about this when we were talking about this. Speaking of Palicos, we were talking when we talked about doing this topic, we were like, I really wish both of us had played Monster Hunter World at this point so we could talk it's about Palicos. Full of creatures, yes, <laughs> they're so cute. But. The why this transitions nicely is because, and I swear I'm going to get off this game eventually. I'm literally about to finish beating it. I have like three levels left, I think three three main missions left, but I'm still hunting for that platinum trophy. Assassin's Creed Origins, Senu, your eagle. Ooh, good choice. So, good choice. So Senu, you you get him in like the second or third mission of the game uh, because you've come back to your hometown of Siwa, and he is and his caretaker who's been like caretaking taking care of him in your absence gives him back gives Senu back to you. Um, and apologize, Sinu is actually a girl. Oh, use the correct. How dare you, I, sir? I realize. How dare I you my assume Sinu's gender? I realize my error. <laughs> she, Sinu. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, so Sinu is basically she's your eagle, and she will fly around, scout out locations for you, identify targets, and all this. She's beautiful. Beautiful, indeed. <laughs> uh, and so you can go, and she just, and it's this really fun thing. How she'll come if you're not stand, if you stand still, she'll come and land on you. Uh, and then as soon as you walk off, she'll take off again and go hunt things. She'll actually even like hunt if you're hunting for crafting materials and stuff like that. So if you're hunting like antelope or uh, other wildlife that's around and you like start targeting different ones, if you shoot at one, Cindy will come down and attack another and oh, kill it for you. Oh, that's awesome. So you can, oh, that's great. She, she'll come and harass 
enemies who are trying to fight against you. Good job, Senu. Distractions. That would oh. stress me out to the maximum, though, because with my Pikmin mindset, I would be like, Senu, no! Senu can't die. I mean, not Senu. yet, at least. I don't oh, know. God, please don't jinx it. I hope not. I did that with the horses in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I was so wrong. <laughs> but it, So Senu is, you know... It's just you're another companion, but it's fun. That it's a it's a good twist on things because from the Assassin's Creed series, because in all the previous ones, you've always had something called Eagle Vision, which you mm. could activate, which would allow you to see objectives, see enemies through like walls and stuff. Because you know the Assassin's Creed series has that touch of sci-fi in it, mm. actually a very big touch. But and so that was yeah, kind the of part like of the, the game thing. that everybody tries to skip. Yeah, exactly. And so because it's like I don't want I don't care about people in the present time. <laughs> I just want to play in the in the historical setting. But anyway, so they did away with that since this is obviously a retooling of the Assassin's Creed series and also the origins. So obviously Senu is the origin for where the later assassins got their eagle vision. But uh, but no, just for being the companion and all the the uh, they did a really good job in making Senu very versatile and being actually a good companion to you rather than just this cool ability you have to be able to scout out things. You know, like I said. Fly above, can scan around. You can actually like take Sinu and fly way off away from Bayek. See, I feel like I would spend so much time not playing the game and just flying around to Sinu to be like free as a bird. Just flying around, just seeing flying around. sightseeing. Well, you can pretty much, well, and that's how people when this game first came out, and they were like, "This map is huge." That's how they would time oh. it is they would take Sinu from one end to the other and fly. Oh, gotcha. Because when you when you activate Sinu, you go and have like a third person view of. Senu so you're kind of looking down at Senu, so you right. see both the bird and everything below. Right, her. right, right. Gotcha. And you can f- move around, like have her fly down low, go up, you know, to get around the different obstacles or see around different things. You can hover, so you'll stay still to be able to really like get a good lay of the land, see what's going on. Helps you plan attacks, you know, for going into forts and different stuff like that. Uh, and then she helps you in hunting and. All- and then can help you identify resources out in the world. Like when you go and fly, you'll see like the icons throughout the world that are like, here's iron, here's oh, all this stuff. Here's like a herd cool. of antelope that have soft leather that you can harvest, you know, and all this other harvest. stuff. And so it's just a great, it's a great integration, obviously because of the change from how it was in the older games, the interaction that you actually have with Senu, it's not you just like hit a button and then, Senu does its thing, you know. You get to actually control Senu, and then, uh, and then, and yeah, it just, it's just the inter- the interaction between you and Bike. It's great. That sounds excellent. It is excellent, and, and a lot I of fun love stuff. that kind of stuff in games. It's great. I need, I meant to actually get it, and I'll try to maybe I'll try to find it and put it in for my for the picture of Senu that I included on the video version. But I messed around in the photo mode of Assassin's Creed Origins because uh, let's talk about that. Photo mode is fantastic in that game because you can literally get. Anywhere, like I, I was doing this one, I did this one whole like session of photos where Bayek was climbing up a pyramid and then I got to the very top where he's standing on it, uh, called Senu and then did the photo mode so that I was able to like get these like either like super close ups of Senu or like get these like really badass shots of Senu looking at Bayek on the thing. Nice. Cool. You should, no, you should put those on the Facebook I do, page. I do. I need yeah, to. That's awesome. Uh, but so yeah, Senu from Assassin's Creed Origins. Excellent. Excellent. My next one uh, is taking quite a turn for the adorable. As much as I wanted to do Pikmin in this one. I wondered if you would. Technically, I've already talked about them so much yeah. that it's like, well, they're also the namesake of their game. So even though, yes, they are a video game critter, I didn't want to like spotlight them because I've already talked so much about Pikmin. Right. However... Another fantastic, adorable, utterly amazing fixture 
from a semi-newer installment of a series. Okay. Lumas from Mario Galaxy. If you don't, why am I going blank? I know, if like, you I know can't what they are, what but they like, I'm going like. blank completely. Oh, in buddy, my head. you are about to be in for quite a treat. So, Lumas made their first appearance in Super Mario Galaxy. Okay. They made a comeback, of course, in Super Mario Galaxy 2. They've also been featured as part of the fighting duo of Rosalina and Luma in Super Smash Bros. 4. Okay. They are considered OP, by the way. <laughs> I, I actually don't know if people consider Rosalina and Luma OP, but um, that's what oh, they look like. Okay, They're okay, so okay. cute. I have seen those before. Look at them. So, for anybody that's having trouble visualizing a Luma or doesn't know what they are imagine like a drop of water that also is a star and got that little, has the most got adore- yeah got little like teeny tiny pudgy they're super pudgy and adorable stars basically uh they are featured in super mario galaxy as basically an extension of rosalina and everything that she does so she's like the mother of space in the universe kind of and part of the mechanic that makes super mario galaxy happen in the first place is that when you start the game, you know, it's Mario on his way to Peach's Castle. Mm-hmm. It's Typical. like your birthday or something. I don't know. Stuff's happening. It's a festival. There we go. It's like a festival. And you're trying to get to Peach and then shit goes down and whatever. But Peach is initially seen in her castle holding, like in her arms, this thing. And you're like, what is that? It's a Luma. Oh. And like, so she has somehow come across this Luma. You have no idea how. But then, of course, she gets kidnapped. And the Luma, Typical which is Peach. like apricot colored, super adorable. It's actually a baby Luma, so it's smaller than most of the other Lumas, uh, is left all alone. And you meet the Luma as Mario, and you're like, hey, little buddy, you want to go save my girlfriend with me? And it's like, sure. And it uh, joins you and basically lives under your hat. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a pre-Cappy, basically. And it's what Cappies gives you... Cappies are critters, too. Yeah, Cappies are critters. Oh, I should have done caps! What was I thinking? Uh, well... <laughs> I guess they're not as much critters as they are as sentient people. Yeah, they are. They have so, like real thoughts. Well, Lumas do too. How dare you? That's but anyways, true. um, so Luma, baby Luma, lives under Mario's cap, allows him to do all of these cool spins and stuff. It's also what allows you to um I think you can kind of like I wonder how much I'm confusing Galaxy with Odyssey. A question we'll never have the true answer to. Gotta play them side by side. (laughs) Gotta play them side by side. So Lumas are also just out and about in the various worlds that you can interact with in Galaxy. So if you, for example, are just at the Comet Observatory, which is kind of like your hub world, Mm -hmm. that's where you go to get to all of the other worlds that you branch off of. That's where Rosalina lives, and it's where most of the Lumas live with her. You can interact with them by, for example, shopping. There's a Luma called Luma Lee, and whenever you talk to him, he goes, Luma Lee, Luma Bop, welcome to the Luma Shop. So cute. <laughs> Luma Bop. Luma Lee, Luma Bop, welcome, welcome to, to the, the Luma, Luma shop. shop. And I'm like, I love you, Luma Lee. You are the best. And he looks different than the other ones. You can tell he's a little bit bigger and pudgier. He's got like kind of what looks like a flame style thing going mm-hmm. on with his top point is holding like little signs and he'll dance around when you buy stuff and it's awesome. He's got merchandise. So he's, he's got merch. He's adorable. There's also Polaris who is Rosalina's kind of like first mate, I guess you could say. He's actually a little black Luma with blue eyes. He has a different voice than most of the other Lumas do. His is a little bit deeper. He's clearly like older. He's a little bit more knowledgeable about mm-hmm. things. And there's also Comet Lunas, which are Lumas, excuse me, Comet Lumas, which are hysterical. 
Because if you contain, if you gather up enough star bits, which are just like the currency that you work with in the game, kind of like uh, coins, but better because they're super cute. If you can get enough uh star bits, and then you encounter a comet luma, they'll ask you to feed them. And you're like, okay, I've got all these star bits, because star bits are the food that lumas yeah. eat. And basically the game goes to like this first person's perspective all of a sudden, and you've got like a target, and there's the luma. And it's like you're just firing a cannon O star bits right into the luma's face. And he just gets fatter and fatter and fatter until eventually he's full. And then he's like, oh yeah, something's gonna happen. And then he explodes. Oh, no. And becomes something else. Oh. So in this case, uh, he might become like a very small microplanetoid that you can then travel to and there's stuff that's located there. Or it could be as simple as you feed a Luma it, at one point of the game. Maybe he only wants like 30 star bits and he becomes a jump star. And then you jump into the star and it launches you to another planet. So Lumas can be almost anything space-related. Uh, sometimes they even become items for you to use. But the point is, they're fantastic and adorable. And fun fact, I own a plushy Luma that I bought many, many years ago. You want to know where I bought it from? Where'd you buy it from? DeviantArt. Wow. I found somebody on DeviantArt that was selling plush Lumas, and I was like, I want all of this. them. And I still have at least one. I don't know what happened to the other ones. Maybe I gave them you away buy? or something. I bought three. I was about to say, you're just like, I bought a hundred. No, <laughs> I bought a yellow one, I bought a blue one, and a pink one, I think. I have no idea what happened to the blue and pink ones. It's just a mystery. But the last one, Lemon, he may, he may have. It. That little son of a bitch. Uh, anyways, so the last one, Lemon the Luma, he still lives in my room. I still own him. He's looking a little worse for wear because mm -hmm. it's been... It's probably been over 15 years. Oh, wow. God, I've owned that thing for a long time. Uh, but that's how uh, super hardcore I am about Lumas. Uh, they're the best. There you go. There you go. Heard it here first. Lumas. So I'm actually, as we're going over this, I'm kind of thinking I might tr uh, knock out one of my bottom ones here. Have you thought of some new things I in have. talking? You know, it's just, which I figured is what would happen with this topic. So I was a little hesitant to even bring a list. I figured I was just like, oh, I'll let Mogan talk. That'll spur my memory and then I'll just go. You know what I mean? But, uh, but I will, I will, I'll, I'll think on it for a little bit more. But another one that I did definitely want to touch on was a creature that is very similar to one that we find in our own world, but is not. It is the Mabari Hound from the Dragon Age series. Mabari Hound. I mean, it's a dog. Huh. Oh, okay. It's basically okay. a dog. Okay, like, just it, say the dog like, from Dragon Age. No, because it's a whole <laughs> species, and they're called the Mabari, and they are badass big old hounds. They basically look like. Uh, it's just they kind of look uh, pit bullish, very stocky, very but way bigger than than a normal dog. Usually, whenever somebody says hound in reference to video games, the only ones I can think of are the terrifying ones from Resident Evil. Oh God! Those oh God! Are, yeah, the that's, yeah, that's what I <sighs> always think of. Like number one, like a mutated Doberman. So that's a Mabari. Oh, hound. they're really stocky. Yeah, and they're I was huge. Not, they're they're. Plump. <laughs> yeah, very, very muscular. So how big is one of those in relation to your on-screen character? Like half the size. Oh, okay. So, so they, they, they can be pretty big. big. Okay. Like this this dude standing next to my good buddy Varric Tethras is, you know, they're about the same well, size. Well, Varric, yeah, I was about to say, Varric is short. <laughs> he's got that dwarfism. He's got, he's got, he's, he is actually a dwarf. In yeah. yeah, there he's we go. He's a dwarf, yeah. So yeah, so the Mabari. So in Dragon Age Origins is where you first interact with one, being that it's the first one of the game. But if you play as the human noble, you actually, uh, once you get 
through your main like origin story and all this, you meet them at a at a camp, and the, there's like a a, uh, a hound keeper there, and he asks, he says like, "Oh, the Mabari are sick. Like they need this this oh drug to like or oh. this flower to to fix them. So you have to like go out into the into the wilds and in in forests and stuff and find these herbs and stuff to bring back to heal the Mabari. And when you do, you know, you're able to get, you're able to help them out and everything. And I'm pretty sure in like the origin story as well, you even like have your, yeah, you do. I don't know why I'm getting confused about this, but in the, your origin missions, like the first few missions of the game, you have a Mabari hound that is like yours at your, at your estate. Do you get to basically. name him? You can name him, I believe. <gasps> um, I'm pretty sure I just keep him Mabari Hound because, yeah, again, hashtag oh basic as you're going to say. I know. You know, that's the kind of thing that Bro Mogan would jump at. Really? He loves, loves to name things stuff. in games. I think his fancy horse in Breath of the Wild, he has two. Uh, one is a blue horse that he named Blorse. All right. Nice and... Uh, I named my horse Asshat. You Legend would. Zelda. Uh, the other one, he is named Squambus. Squambus. <laughs> I don't know where he gets these ideas, but he would love to be able to name his own Mabari. So, so you get, so you get this, and it's your, obviously then that's what's cool about this is similar to Senu, you get to, you can play as a Mabari hound because you can oh. add this hound, your hound to your party. Oh, okay. And so you know if you're either your main character is either dead or doing some other thing in a battle, you can you think assume control of your Mabari hound, uh, but they. It, and so, other than having the one that you that you own and, and that are able to have in your party, you also will interact with other Mabari, such as doing the, the thing where you are able to look for the herbs to heal them. And then also you can, you will either run into feral packs of them that sometimes oh you have God. to fight. Oh, God. Or there will be enemies that have trained Mabari as well. Oh, okay. And they are not easy. They don't look like they would be easy to fight. The Mabari, I have, I did spend in one of my playthroughs of Dragon Age Origins, like I did spend a lot of time really upping like the strength of my, of my Mabari. Bar hound, and he was a tough son of a bitch. Like he could really take it because he has this cool move where, like, he can, you know, he, he can jump and, like, uh, obviously knock over an opponent and then, like, just like gnaw and, you know, <laughs> and maul him to death. Basically, things you wish Fender could oh, do. Oh man, now yeah, Fender would if just, only Fender would just be licking. He would just be. He's given that love. He's no hound of war. No, that's he's for definitely sure. not. And so they just can be very fierce, but also he's he's like your dog. So like in your you go to your camp where you can go around and just talk to all your party members. You can go up to him and you, you know it's like parks happily and you know parks happily. And then you can that's be like, cute. Pet and he goes this very stiff animation of. You know, like that's it on the head and all this old Dragon Age like, animation. It's like oh, like friendship plus five, you know, and all this stuff, like all that's this awesome. everything going together. But the Mabari, and so yeah, they can be very fierce attackers, very loyal friend, and base and the dog version of a best friend of your best friend, you know, in the world of that Thanos. sounds like Dragon Age's answer to Pokemon and me. Like the the enhanced version where you can go in and like super befriend your own Pokemon. Yeah. That sounds excellent. Yeah. So the Mabari they provide some great uh, some great some great times. Indeed, very interesting. Now, see, I told you I don't have much on these. That's critters. okay. You don't have to, because I have plenty to talk about with my final installment. Oh. These creatures are from one of the greatest worst games of all time. Okay. Sonic Adventure Battle Two. All right, I'm very curious. Yeah. So Sonic Adventure Battle 2 was an old game from... Uh, I played it on GameCube. 
I don't know what other, I don't know if it was even for any other platforms. I, that's just information I do not have. Mm-hmm. We own Sonic Adventure Battle 2 for reasons I don't fully understand. I don't know how we got it. I don't know if we asked for it, but we had it. And it was amazing. It's you one love of, a good Sonic game. It's one of those games that has absolutely not held up to the test of time, but oh, it had one amazing side mode that made the whole game worth it. It had this side mode called Challenge world and the creatures i'm going to be talking about are the chows in question so if you don't know you're going to use one of these for the title card you have to because they're so fantastic so they kind of look like the uh the little plushy things in overwatch yeah they oh yeah they almost look like patchy maris oh i should have talked about patchies (laughs) i love patchy mari they are cute but they're not really a creature no they're more like a plant character thing they're more like just a mascot yeah that's what i thought But anyways chows so for if you're not looking at them imagine i must just be drawn to this shape imagine it teardrop. Like yeah, a they kind of look like lumas Luma. this must just be something that calls to me it speaks to me mm-hmm. imagine a teardrop with a really short fat body and short little fat legs and short fat arms and you've got a chow uh chows i don't know who thought of these i don't know why they were in sonic adventure battle 2 but they're Awesome. Because in Sonic Adventure Battle 2, if you go into the side mode, which is called Chow World, it basically takes you to like this garden. And you can enter the garden as any of the main characters from that game. So you can go in Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, uh, what's that? Edgy Shadow. Shadow the Hedgehog. Edgy. <laughs> He's like such an edgelord. He's so lame. Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, Rouge and or Rogue the Bat. I always said Rogue. Some people have informed me I it mean, is Rouge. R-O-G-U-E. That's Rogue. But that's also how you pronounce the word Rouge. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know. I still That's still something that I don't have Gift the answers Jeff. to. Yeah. Okay, one of those it's is wrong. GIF. One of those is objectively wrong. It's obviously gift. It's gift. Come on, let's not be let's not be let's heathens not be, here. Not let's not be stupid. Or who's like the other? I don't know. Anyways, the tomato, point is, tomato. yeah, you can either go into the garden as the quote unquote good guys or the bad guys, okay. and that actually does affect how you raise your chows. Because when you first go into this garden, there's nothing really there. It's just these little like speckled blue and yellow eggs. And you're like, okay, what do I do with these eggs? You can pick them up. And like, if you're Sonic, for example, you can like kind of rock them, just kind of hang out with them. And then eventually, if you're nice enough to an egg, I suppose, like you're not throwing it across the map, yeah. uh, it will hatch. And when it hatches, it it's a chow. And you're like, oh my God, this is the best thing what I've ever I seen in my life. World? Yeah, you're like, I feel... This is what Parenthood is like. I feel like this is really the pinnacle of gaming experience. Like, it's that impactful. And Chows actually have, like, this whole side thing ascribed to them in the game. So you can basically level them up. Mm -hmm. And you can level them up very slowly. They're hard to level up. Like, very slowly just by interacting interacting with them in the garden. Again, you can pick them up, you can pet them, you can feed them fruit that's just kind of located in the garden. And those are all things that level them up. Alternatively, you can actually go back out into the levels of the game, and by replaying levels, you can get these things. They kind of look like tubes, like little weird colored test tubes, and you can bring them back to Chow World and like give them to your Chows, and like they help level up their stats because mm-hmm. they have stats like fly, swim, strength, speed, like very just basic Pokemon style stats almost. And you're leveling them up, and you're leveling up their stats for the purpose 
of these side games, these weird little mini games that are like the chow races and chow fighting, like straight up like martial arts style fighting, which is absurd. Interesting. But it's very interesting and it's very silly. It seems out of place for a Sonic game. It's very out of place. I don't know who thought of this at all, but they deserve to be enshrined in like the Sega Museum of yeah. Greatness just for the Sonic Adventure Battle 2 game. Uh, so your Chows, as you level them up, they can also continue to transform, basically. Uh, and this is something that when I was playing the game at the time, I totally did not understand the why or how or what was happening. But you can level them up to be like evil or to be good. And mm, if they become I really good, Good. You saw the one that I showed you. One of them had like a halo, yeah. right? So they can become like really good and wind up with halos. Or if you level them up Just to be angelic, yeah. Or if you level them up to be evil, they come out like black and they've got like horns and they look super edgy. And you're like, oh my god, what, what have I, I done? And some of them come out with like these really evil, creepy Joker style grins, and you're like, oh god, stop it! <laughs> it's really fantastic and just magical. And in the Japanese version. This is something that I don't think... I'm actually not sure if it made it to the American version. You might be able to hack it now where you can actually get it to do this particular thing. Mm -hmm. You could get chows that were basically little mini-me's of characters from the game. So you could get a little chow that looked like Tails, and it's adorable. Nice. You can get a little chow that looks like Amy, Amy the Hedgehog, and it's equally adorable. And I think there may have been one for Sonic too. I can't remember. It was... Oh, it was Knuckles! It was Knuckles, Amy, and Tails. Those were the three, like, special chows that you could get if you had the Japanese version. Um, people, I think, can hack the game now and get them through, like, Steam, for example, or emulators. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not proficient at that kind of stuff. But the point is, if you're able to do that, for the love of God, please do. It's amazing. The chow racing is actually pretty fun. Like, depending on your stats, you can beat these other NPC chows. Chow fighting is bizarre. I never really understood how to win, but I'm pretty sure I always did. Yeah. I don't know what the actual point of chow fighting was. And I don't really understand what the point of the whole chow world was. It was just fun. Yeah. It was just fun and amazing. And I love the chows. They're really stupid. They're like next level stupid. Nothing, no amount of leveling up is going to make them smart. But I love them. Because they're, they're the cute. Because they're cute. There and you that's, go. That's why they're great. The chows. The chows. The chows. So yeah. So I got a couple ideas rolling around in my head for this last one. A couple different spots. You talking about or mentioning Pikmin actually brought me got me thinking about. Uh, did you ever play the old games? This isn't going to be my pick, but just like one that was like rolling around my head. Uh, the uh, the Lemmings games. Lemmings. No? You never played the Lemmings games? I don't even know what that so, is. So basically the Lemmings games were these puzzle games where you would have this group of Lemmings and it kind of seemed to me like how when you talk about with the with Pikmin where you get a whole bunch of them and then you never want them to die oh, kind of yeah. thing. And you've got to help them like escape from some situation or another but like basically if you go wrong a whole lot of Lemmings die. Oh and God. So, <laughs> they're like these little humanoid-esque Things like blue shirts and like green hair and all this stuff and and yeah you got look up the Linux. I'm gonna look this, this is up. An older older game like late '90s I want to say maybe even later than that um, or earlier than that I guess but uh, but no so I think the one that I'm gonna go with though oh god they're scary yeah. Oh, they're creepy. But you just got to go through all these puzzles. But like, if you mess it up or like build things wrong or do all these other things, like they like it will collapse on them and like yeah, yeah, they'll like fall off cliffs. Like oh, other that stuff is like that. so funny. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a weird game from way back when. But, uh, but so I think the one, though, that I'm going to go with, and I think you'll be able to join to help me out on this one, is because it's, one, it's a creature that goes across many different games, has many different iterations, but ultimately is a steadfast companion to your travels. Uh, or steadfast companion. Fun little th- side game. It's very basic in terms of like what it is, but it's just horses. Predominantly... Oh. From Red Dead Redemption is what I'm thinking. Oh, of. okay, gotcha. But like you all, you know, but uh, Breath, of the, Breath of the Wild Horses. I got you. Like that. I got what I mean. you. Like, you have a little crossover there. I was the like, one that you I was, know, I haven't played Red Dead Redemption. The one that I was going with, that I was originally going to go with on this list, was the Naughties from uh, Donkey Kong Country, which were the beavers. Because like, oh. why are beavers bad guys? But Who they are. Knows? And that was basically all I was going to have to say about them. So I was like, yeah, we should move on to something else. But the horses, specifically in Red Dead Redemption, were great. In fact, many people think that the that the that how they handled horses and horseback riding and horseback and horse training and capture in Red Dead Redemption is one of the best iterations of it in games. So and the second best that I would say that I've probably come across is uh in Breath of the Wild, but still I have a way harder time controlling Asshat than I did any of the horses that I did. Yeah, that's in, probably because uh, he gave him a bad name and he's mad at he you. He loves it. He does not he love told it. Me he hates it. Nah, he no. Loves it. Mm. But anyway, so because in Red Dead Redemption, it's very similar to Breath of the Wild. You have to first catch the horse. You could later on in the game, and, and or if you chose, you could buy a horse. But obviously, horses are expensive, <laughs> and you gotta you gotta control your budgets out out in the old Wild West, and so. But you could go out and catch one, you know. It got a, but first you had to, you know, you had to have your rope and you had to be able to lasso it. So oh you wow, had to like, you really had to lasso yeah. them. Yeah, and then you had to like wrestle it, then be able to get on it, and then of course it's bucking around doing all this crazy stuff, and you've got to like do a little. Uh, Kind of like a quick time event. Thank you. I was ah. I was totally missed. I was like quick button. Quick luckily button, isn't you it? luckly you made the motion. And I was like I know what that yeah, yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quick time event. Thank you. Of like trying to like settle the horse down and ride it, and then and then when it finally calms down, you're able to. You then actually have it, and then it be response to you where the, you know you call it, it'll come to you. Same as with Breath of the Wild, and different stuff like that. But and I think this is also the case in Breath of the Wild. Uh, the more you, the more you would ride your horse, the more it would become like its stats would improve. Or or, or was with Breath of the Wild. I know because I have one, my first horse that I count in Breath of the Wild is like a two star or two rating thing, and where the, and a later one I got is like a four. Now, do they, I haven't played enough to know, does it stay that way, or can you, like, r- the more you ride it, it, increase its stats? No, so the way that it works is the horse that you catch, the stats that it has at the time, like, as far as stars go, they're going to stay that okay, way. Okay, so it stays that way. The only thing that you can level up is your relationship with the horse. Okay. So basically, the more you ride the horse, the more uh, amenable it will be to your commands. Okay. So, so for example, if you tell same. it to go left or right, it's going to actually do that instead of, like, being like, no, bitch, I'm this way. I know because that's the thing. Like I've tried to traverse the countryside many a time in, in Brother Wild and like try to go a little faster, take a turn, and it's like slow reaction time. You know, just go. Just some takes of a them while. are very slow. Yeah, and uh, but anyway, so that's very similar to how it is in Red Dead Redemption. Uh, the more you ride the horse, the, f- the better it becomes. In fact, in the terms of like how long it can sprint and for lo- how longer distances, how easily it it uh, goes to your commands and different stuff like that. How. Um, and all that, but the thing is about this, and the added hook about it is, so they also have very uh, great. And the other thing that Red Dead Redemption was praised for was the animations of the horse and oh, everything. Okay. So very, you know, very realistic and everything like that. So I'm very excited to see how that holds up in Red Dead Redemption Two coming out later this year. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Alternatively, everybody's favorite meme from many years ago: good old Skyrim horse. There you go. 
I or love... more recent or more recent one. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just love seeing like the the videos of Skyrim horse just like ascending into the sky, and you're <laughs> like, why? <laughs> or Skyrim horse walking at a vertical angle up that cliff face, or Skyrim horse just floating over nothingness yep. with like this much of its back hoof still on the cliff, and you're like, oh, Skyrim horse. How do you maintain such you. balance? <laughs> it's wonderful. Very similar. Uh, Witcher three, his ho- uh, Geralt's horse Roach. Has very similar. You can what lo- a terrible horse name. Nah, Roach is cool. Ugh. But you can look up videos of various of like Roach glitches, and they're hilarious because the exact same reasons. Uh, but so, but the thing about Red Dead that made it, I mean, it's the because obviously then you have to rec- bring it back down where it's not like with. Well, I guess you can kill the horses in Breath of the Wild. You said technically you can yes, kill the horses in in uh, Red Dead also. And no. I can't count. And usually every time it happened, it was an accident. Swear to God. Because I am not one to just go out and shoot a horse for no reason. But, oh, my God, it was the most annoying thing ever. You are riding, being chased by bad guys, going as fast as you can, trying to do your damned hardest to shoot straight and get out of this pickle. And you're shooting at a guy over here. And then you turn to go shoot at a guy over here on your left. And as you go across and you go through here like this and you get a little trigger happy and you pull the trigger a little too fast and you shoot your horse in the back of the head oh and kill it. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's terrible. It's like, terrible. my bone is. <laughs> so <laughs> in Red Dead, I'm guessing you probably can't bring him back. No, no, that horse oh, is dead. Oh, that's unfortunate. So you either then at that point have to go catch a horse again, start that whole thing over, or you could go again, buy a horse that has slightly better stats and is better trained at the at the offset, but still then that's gonna put you out like two, three thousand dollars, and that's a lot of money oh, in Red Dead man. World. That's really so funny. it uh but uh, oh god, it was the most it'd be the most annoying thing ever. Same thing, you go look up several videos online of people like freaking out because they accidentally be things like you're walking around on the prairie and you like called your horse over. And you're like trying to shoot a bird for like to, for like a sh- one of the hunting challenges or something like that. And you're like taking your time, taking your time. And right as you pull the trigger, the horse like steps in frame and like gets blown. And you're oh like, my god! What the hell, horse? <laughs> it just didn't want to be with you anymore, I guess and it not. figured that death was the only way out. <laughs> yeah. So, the horses of Red Dead Redemption, trusted companion, not so good in a gunfight. Yeah, maybe not. All right, I like it. Yeah. So there we go. First round of video game critters. Obviously, we'd love to hear what some of your picks for this topic would be. So send those our way, either commenting on the YouTube video below, sending us a message or a post on Facebook, Twitter, however, you know, or an email. We're available. You just We're available. <laughs> All right, before we close out this episode, let's do our soundtrack spotlight. Mogan has selected a song for this week. So technically, this is a soundtrack to a game I have not played yet, but it's high on my list. Disqualified. So, but it's high on my list. Well, we none of us have played I the know. janitor game, and we all <laughs> loved that one. God, that was a good soundtrack. That was a, good that was a great Dust suggestion. Force? Oh, Dust so good. Force. Um, but this comes from a newer game from an indie studio, Lienzo Studios, made Mulaka. So this is that low-poly style indie game featuring uh, the Tarahumara culture, which is an indigenous culture to Mexico. Cool. So it's definitely more off the beaten path of what a lot of Western gamers are going to be exposed to. And the soundtrack in particular is excellent. You can find it on SoundCloud. Uh, it's from the, let's see if I can find his name here. Uh, the tracks are feature are true to the raw, this is so hard to say, Raramuri culture. I'm sure that's not correct. And it's a collaboration between local Chihuahua composer Diego Borgia and a Tara Umara poet and musician, Martin Makawi. So give it a listen. Hope you like it. Boom. Mukala? Makala? Mulaka. Mulaka. God. (laughs) 
<laughs> butchered it. Butchered it. But yeah, go listen to that. Stick around for the end of this episode, and you can get to listen to it there as well. But with that, this concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. See you all next time. Stick around for the song. Thank you.